Welcome to episode 63 of the NFP Podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP Podcast. As well, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show, Wrangler, long live the Cowboys. And we can't forget our newest one, boys, the Czar Lake Ballarama. Coming up July 21st, 2023. Get your tickets now to the back-to-back and reigning PBR Canada event of the year. But we'll get into all that stuff in a minute. Before we do, the boys, Jason, I know you like being first, buddy. Here you go. What's up, Doc? You're not first, you're last. That's right. <laughs> so you're saying I'm last? Uh, today, you are. <laughs> Jesus. What's shaking, buddy? What's new? Oh, just uh, getting over Lethbridge a little bit here. Um, yeah, uh, trade deadline's over. Obviously, I think I don't think we've talked since that's been over. Nope. Um, yeah, getting ready now. It's funny. Got like two months to the next events, but it, like you're right in the middle of it right now. But they'll be busy because we are going back out east to London. So that's a little more logistical planning, um, which I think everything looks good. Tickets are selling. What a banger London's going to be. Really? Already 3,000 tickets sold. And that's mm-hmm. just a week of ticket sales. Um, we haven't even really been marketing it yet. So really looking forward to that. Um, you know what? You guys have all been out there. And and no complaints to our crowds this year. Shit, Red Deer was double. Lethbridge was up twenty some percent. Um, you know, we got some great passionate fans out here in the West, but those people out in the East are a little bit different. Like they they get into it. Like they're a little more um uh, I guess they get off their hands, so to speak, you know. So really looking forward to London and seeing what twenty twenty four looks like out east with a couple I- more stops. I think a part of that too, Jason, I don't know if you agree with this, but they don't get to see it. Like You're right. You're the right. West does, you know, this yeah. is something pretty, this is something pretty not new, but sparsely uh, attended or different. production that's put on. Yeah. Different out there. So I know when we used to go way out East, like Halifax, Quebec city. Yeah. Yeah, man. They just, we, you guys remember, you guys probably didn't pay attention to this as much, but the first time we went to Moncton, we had it sold out. Um, we put we we didn't pay for any advertising. We had twenty seven or thirty five thousand dollars budgeted for advertising. We pulled it right back. We had all the tickets sold. What's the point of advertising? You know, so that was nice. But you know what? Out, I think we're changing um, the West as far as the audience goes. PBR is. They're so used to going to a four hour performance of rodeo and, you know, doing more talking with the person beside them than watching the event. I think, would you guys agree with that? So I don't get all the hate mail here. No, it's fair. It's full show. And I always say that too. I do a lot of interviews and promotional stuff for PBR. And that's what I always tell them. Like they each have their ups, uh, upsides of them, right? Like there's people that love that rodeo side of things when it is a lot chiller and calmer and there's not a bunch of stuff going on. And I think your PBR fan is a different fan because it's a fucking rock and roll show that, that yeah, it's not as many P breaks. There's not as many P breaks during a PBR as there is in a rodeo. I find. Well, after Brandon last year, there was one word that described it all and it was production. And that was the main word that people brought up to me was how, 
uh, busy it was and how there was always something going on, but everything was boom, boom, boom. There was no lulls and that's what they loved. So once the word gets out, I'm sure Brandon ticket sales are doing okay again. So um, people will come back. What do you think of the the East, Jason? Was that just a COVID thing? We obviously are people that follow our, our schedules and stuff know that we were out there a lot back. Yeah, in the why day. we didn't go? And then COVID yes. hit, we didn't go back and we haven't been back since, right? So this is our first time going back out there. Is there some reasoning behind that or what's is there plans oh, to go back several. out there? Or? Yeah, several, yeah. several. There was obviously COVID. So Ontario and Quebec were under different don't forget we we had to go through 2020 doing in front of no fans. I think Grand Prairie had a hundred, they were allowed 125 people in the building. Yeah. 100. So that's where we did our finals and, and kind of limped through 2020 and 2021 was open, closed, open, closed price of fuel got ridiculous. There was no flights. You couldn't fly. We had lots of guys that weren't able to fly due to regulations and rules. So we just, economically it made no sense for us to go back out there to risk going out there because of the travel and whatnot obviously it's a lot more expensive to to do stuff out there when you're buying well a dozen plane tickets to 18 plane tickets for staff members instead of driving to lethbridge or medicine hat from calgary so that was part of it and we couldn't get any buildings to commit because of the rules yeah yeah so We weren't going to travel out there to put um, 20% capacity in a building. That just didn't work. So what was the, what was the mayor or the, not the mayor, the premier of Alberta previous to Daniel Kenny. Smith? Yeah. Kenny. Kenny, what was, what was his last name? Jason Kenny. Jason Kenny. Jason yeah. Kenny. That, <laughs> Grand Prairie is where I interviewed him and they, they give me scripted questions and we were waiting and he just like, snaps his fingers and one of his helpers just gives him a half glass of scotch and he just crushes it <laughs> and i'm like holy politics batman i guess this is how we do this we just roll uh, on hey what, what happened there too didn't they give you the wrong tell that story they gave you the wrong guy's <laughs> name or something you were interviewing a guy to call him the wrong name <laughs> yeah well no they they told me this was for the reef of uh Grand Prairie around there and he told me his name was Bob well he shows up two minutes before his name is actually Larry so it just throws <laughs> throws me for a loop then when I'm done the interview I'm like thanks Larry and he goes no problem Marty he calls me Marty <laughs> so now all that's the, right now, yeah, I forgot now, about. Now, now all the feature guys they just say hey Marty how's oh, it right. going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot oh. about that yeah yeah, oh. no problem. Thanks, Marty. Oh, no problem, Larry. <laughs> Scott, yeah. uh, we kind of skipped over you, your intro, but Scotty Baird, what's up, buddy? What's what? new? What's shaking? Not much. Just got back from Lethbridge, as you guys did. Uh, had a wonderful drive out there. Me and uh, Darren Humphreys, our, our latcher there at uh, these events. Anyway, drove my brand new Dodge out there, so it was a very enjoyable trip. Uh, oh, oh, let's get an ad read in there. Yeah, I'm the no. only one not driving a riverside vehicle, by the way, Ty. <laughs> yeah, better get you in one. You better get you um, in. no, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I I enjoy going to Lethbridge every year. Um uh not not as much as other people do, but uh um it was a good time and uh yeah, yeah, let's get to get home again and wait for the next one in Brandon, I believe. So we're good no to go. comment. No comment. Next, uh, well, I had a quiet drive. Here. I had a quiet drive home for a little ways. 
it, was- it, got, it got good though. It got really good. <laughs> anyway, uh Riverside Dodge, guys. Let's get into that. Scotty, I seen your truck. It looked great. Jason, we took the old NFP wagon there, and that, that thing was a beast. I thought I didn't do much driving of it on the way home. Uh, uh zero, actually. <laughs> zero. Zero. But it got you us got- there. You come by that naturally, though. Your old man was really good at not driving. Big R was terrible at that. Yeah, that was terrible. But we live and we learn. Yep, yep. We live no, and we learn. No, no, that's we true. just that's... no. Anyway, we live. We live. <laughs> We're moving on. No enough, enough. No. I think we've put yep. a little salt on the wound. Enough salt on the wound. <laughs> yep. Don't worry. No, you guys. Cannot make me feel any worse than I feel about myself. So, hey guys, I got I I want to give a shout out to our new buckle um, uh, maker for PBR Canada, Tyrell yeah. Jensen. What do you guys hey. think of the new look? Retro. Like you like them? Yeah. Once again, different. Different. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think those are sweet. Yeah. So the yeah. Tyrell work, Jensen. Tyrell. He's, make, he's making all the buckles now. He's doing all the buckles. You bet. And he's changing them up from event to event. So I wish I had uh, um, the Lethbridge buckle, but I give them both away. So I don't have it. Sorry. Speaking of. Speaking of. That's a cool idea, though, because no one, you know, we've all had buckles that have been the same year after year. And and you notice them uh, like, you know, exactly where they came from. But it's kind of cool that each one's going to be different. You know, you're like, "Ah, no, this one's from Lethbridge. Yeah, I like it. I like that idea. Custom. Custom. Mm -hmm. Okay, before we get into Lethbridge, because we have a lot to talk about uh, uh, with Lethbridge with the event, but we'll get an ad read in here as we kind of got sidetracked from all your guys' nice comments. Um, Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is home of the award-winning Ram truck. They're the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of ranked bulls along with your crew up front in a cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck. Tell them Tanner, Jason, or Scotty sent you. Riverside Dodge and Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast. Scott, we can finally talk about it. You got your truck, buddy. You finally received it. So, Awesome. Did the trick. It looked good outside the hotel. We had just Riverside Dodge trucks just lined up outside that sucker. (laughs) Representing, didn't we? Look good. Yeah, it is. It is awesome. I'm so excited. Um, I was excited to get it. Um, My little buddy there, uh, Kevin Fiddler, delivered it all the way from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Um, Took my trade in back. Uh, Service was great. They added some extras. They dressed it up. Top notch. Love it. It was Did great. It up. Uh, the hats too. We got more uh, more ma- merchandise. Riverside Dodge is now carrying NFP hats in store, and they've been uh, they have been what's it called? I was gonna say selling. Them. Yeah, they've been selling them off the fucking shelf and shipping them. Uh, also, so people, if you want to get a hold of them, get a hold of Riverside Dodge on Instagram or on Facebook, uh, their social medias, and just send them a message, and they'll you can give them a call. They'll line it out, take take your money, and send you their the hat. So. That's a good way to do it. We always have people asking about that. So there's merch there and we'll keep that going with Riverside so we can keep people stocked on all their NFP stuff. Lethbridge, boys, what an event. Nick Tetz goes back to back. Bulls buck. Jared Parsons does his thing again. Scotty, what's the recap? Recap. What's the highlights? What do you what do you like about uh, the event in Lethbridge? 
Well, other than Ty Prescott having a three-peat hooking, uh, <laughs> getting bounced around the arena Saturday. <laughs> anyway, pretty entertaining. Um, yeah, I like when I interviewed Nick, it's that building. There's some magic in that building for that kid. You know, he can't he can't seem to do anything wrong. And um, I think and I think it's propelled him to go get on tour, has it not? On the mm-hmm. yeah, next two. Yeah, what's the story there, TV? Jason? PBR Canada put that on there. Is it like is he has he got enough points to get on tour? Did they invite yeah. him to two events? Mm-hmm. So what's going on well, there? Well, it, it must be guaranteeing him two because of injury. I'm not sure why two, but uh, yeah, yeah, I see he's going to two. So it had nothing to do with like there was no buys into the event. They don't do that. Remember back in the day, if you won an event, you'd get to go to a, a built yep. for tough event, but it's not like that. It's uh so I got to go to my first one. You gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. So and you know who else does well in that building is Garrett Green. I think yes. Garrett finished second, third. Yeah. Third. Split it. Yeah. Split it with Jared. Yeah. Second and third. Yeah. See, and that's kind of the thing. That's the MO on Garrett Green. Always starts the season out on fire. He's always first or second within the first couple events of the year. And maybe this will be the year that he keeps that going throughout the whole year and can finally get himself that Canadian championship. The guy's got all the talent in the world. He's one of those guys that battles it sometimes. They're like up and downs of the sport, which we all do. Um, but he's a guy that that uh, he's probably I would say right now would be our best guy that hasn't won a championship. Yeah, you know I agree with that. You know what? You know um, these guys are. I you know you look at the standings here. These guys are going to have to commit. I think where last year we had guys working two sides, you know, trying to rodeo and bull riding, but we've got the right guys sitting in the top five right now. That it's going to make them buy a plane ticket to London. It's going to make them schedule around these cup events um because they're too valuable to be missing those kind of points you know one's coy robbins another is jared parsonage yeah. and we talk about garrett i i think garrett's dialed in he, he likes this no entry fees the money is there we're we're gonna we'll have another hundred grand in payout this year we're, we're gonna be creeping up to a million dollars paid out to the pbr um by the end of the year i think i really do i think a guy like pig too Garrett Green, call Pig. Um, a guy like Pig, it will thrive if he just does go to like PBR. Absolutely, he doesn't focus like having to go hard and do all the different stuff, and he could just go to the events that he needs to go to and rack up the points that he needs. Right. Well, if yeah. you like Tanner, you're a bull rider, and not that long ago, if we have nine hundred thousand dollars added, you got to be able to, in your head think you can get ten percent of that. Yeah, I'd want more than that. But yeah. well, of course you would. But yeah. you got to think that you can't get ten percent of that. Yeah, 100%. and if you get ten percent of that, you're going to win the whole deal, which is another fifty. So that's one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty thousand on the year. Yeah, not bad. Just at home. Just at home. Just in Canada. Just to know? stay at home. Yeah, which is big. We yeah. would win. I remember winning fifty thousand in Canada, and that was winning. You know, that was winning. That was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Well, know, was, was that both? Was that PBR and CPRA? Uh, well, no, that was probably. I don't even know how much I won the year I won the PBR. How much money it was? We should, I should look that up, but it wasn't near one hundred fifty thousand. I'll fucking tell you that much right now. <laughs> what um, is it? CFR, CFR the rodeo side of things is twenty fifteen is the year I won it, but yeah. the rodeo side of things is, uh, you make your money at the finals, right? Like you go all year, and yeah, you might win 20,000 or the guy that's at first. I think Jared came in with 30,000 last year, but all your expenses, everything that you're doing, you got to have a good CFR to, 
to make it to make it work which it pays whatever ten thousand twelve thousand around so you can it makes sense right but if you're winning or you couldn't yeah or you get fucking one jumped on everything yeah yeah that's fair right what year did you win tanner 2015 oh my god that's a lifetime ago and it feels 30,100 30,100 right and i went to and i was double entering everything that i went to to do that i had a one before the finals came around nick tets won 107 last year actually just about 108 and then brock was second with 55 yeah so we're going in the right direction ladies and gentlemen but koi is up there he had he won 60 he finished fourth and then you can go down to like Parsonage in ninth place. He still won fifty three thousand. Yeah, and that's at ten events. Right, that's yeah. what Parsonage did that in ten events. Yeah, you know, and I want to give a shout out on the other side of things too. That young Cody Fraser, the Aussie. Here's yeah. a kid that came okay. last year due to injury. He got in right, Jason, or, or we just didn't have enough guys. So no, he, got, <clears> he, he yeah, it was injury. Was it? Mm-hmm. And he came to whatever two three events and then of course this year starts out you know never got one covered it it's just here it goes back to the tenacity of a bull rider you just keep going and keep slugging it through you know he ends up riding a couple and walking away with three grand or whatever it was he's and he's a good kid he's going to college at olds he's a long ways from home in fact i was at college or i was at olds when he showed up the first day and we all know that feeling landing in a new country you don't know anybody mm-hmm. um he was kind of recruited by tanner by way of troy dunn who mm-hmm. that name is synonymous with the pbr so it's good to see him clicking a little bit now and and uh going up and down the road so well i think uh, we're gonna see guys like him uh stefan tanita made a nice yes, bull ride saturday yes. night and and started a good one in the championship round um mm-hmm. you know West these Lambert. young guys are gonna click they're gonna oh, come yeah. jet lambert are gonna come yeah. Chet Lambert, Tyler Craig stayed on lots like this list. Chad Hartman. Chad Hartman. Yeah. Got a Chad, good check, you got to give Chad a goddamn shout out. Good for him. Pretty buddy. boy. Pretty yeah. boy. <laughs> Pretty. I, think, I don't think we. Um, Are we talking about the same Chad Hartman? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty boy. Yeah. I don't think he could have got lit up any harder both nights, Friday night or Saturday night. Friday night by Prescott, Saturday night by myself. And then just uh, and then just fucking showed up and showed out, man. He rode good, good kid. So he said that might be the worst thing, though. He might just have to make him feel like dog shit, and then he rides better. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was going to be an ass whooping going on across the hall there. I, uh, I'll i make sure when I get uh, the rooming list in for the next event, I'm far, far away from Prescott or Tanner Burns' room. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, you can throw me down at that end of your hall, too, please. Thank you. Hey, how about the young bull of bolds? Minority fringe takes the bull of the event. Um, no, did it? In the long round. He was out Friday night. Just a little, mm-hmm. not very big. Um, I don't even know the scoop. I never got a chance to talk to Nansen on that bull. Was but... he the halter? He was the halter bull. No, he wasn't. The halter was. bull was on the right side, wasn't he? Well, minority fringe. Out. Minority fringe was out the left. Was oh, he a little red that, white face bull? With that kid yeah. named Bramer. Bramer Gehring. Got on. Yeah. 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 He was really good. Um, there was a bunch of good bulls there. Young wild time. Was wild time with William? No, he was out nope. the left. Wild it had to be chosen. Really... It was chosen. 950 yeah. chosen. It. Yeah. That one's the halter. Fabian got on that bull. Yeah. I hate them halters, but that bull bucked. He did buck. Yeah. That bull, I think it came from Prescott, that bull chosen because he was talking about him. He was but on that, the right, though. 
Yep. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of wild time, that's a kid to look out for too. William Barrows. Yes. Okay. I agree. Be a honky Good cat. kid too. Oh yeah. yeah. I picked him uh, in one of those picks for the, the top five picks or whatever I do before the events. And uh, Robert Schmidt texted me about him and he said that he's a great kid, rides amazing and got hurt last year. And I didn't know, but at the BRC finals, I think he broke his leg. He did. He broke his femur. Didn't that he? Was? So that's not long broke ago. Something, yeah. Broke something right off. Not long ago to come back and then just hit hit up the the biggest events that we got in Canada and then mm-hmm. come out there and ride like that. So I think that's a kid to keep an eye on for sure. For sure. Uh, five versus five. Shout out to Coy Robbins takes that one. And how we rode, what did we ride? Three in the five? Three out of the five and the five on five? Two. Three. Yeah. Three, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That usually doesn't 80, happen. 89 and a half on positively banging. Yeah, good ride. What do you think? What do you think of the five versus five, Jason? Were you trying to get me riled up here, or what? No, it's just a question. Well, I think Seriously. it's great if the guys understand what they're doing. I don't, I don't know if it's been that long since they realized, but there's guys that didn't want to get on, didn't realize there's five thousand dollars in added prize money and points. So right. I believe we went down the list three guys to get it filled. Brock, yeah, that's for example. Brock gets in on time. Yeah. He got to get on on time and, and he made a good ride. Yeah, he wins 2250 bucks. Yeah. yeah. No, that's I don't why I think wondering. they thought that was the thing. I think that they didn't the guys didn't think there was points. Is that what the deal was? Are you sure. Yeah. I don't want to get into it. it makes yeah. me <laughs> Well. Okay, okay. Hey, it was just hey, a question. Nobody looked hey, after I didn't act like that when, when I was that like, age. Yep. Nobody, nobody looked after my business when I was that age. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, moving uh, on. I, I, get, after, I get the feeling we should move on. <laughs> I look after your business nowadays. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay, uh, what I do, I talk uh, about. You know what? It's Coy pretty Robbins, reciprocal though. there too. I think. Yeah, fair enough. Just bugging you, Coy Robbins. No, no, that's good. No, no, it's fair. That's a good partnership right there. Coy Robbins didn't um, was a long time in the shoots. As Koi's, Koi's a guy that's known to take a while to shoot, as was I myself. So I ain't shitting on him, but he does take a long time. I'll um, shit on him. Koi, hurry up and nod your head. You're not okay. at a rodeo. <laughs> and uh, he's got that bullet leaning on the gate. And, uh, and they had a post on the outside, and there was a bunch of different shit going on. And finally, uh, somebody went, I think Prescott, Brock. Somebody, went, Brock. Yeah, but somebody went to like hit him up, and Brock's like, no, he's nodding. He's nodding. And everybody stepped back. And then the gate guy, uh, it was it was Humper probably, I think, right? And he just, they opened it, and... And there you go, smashes out in 89 and a half. And fuck, I was like, perfect. And that's what I remember guys, Lambert, he'd always say that to me. He's like, your biggest issue is just getting the shoot out of your way. Like just fucking <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was, I was thinking for Koi, same thing. And then he does his interview and he's like, yeah, I actually didn't even nod. Brock just said I was nodding and they opened the gate and it worked out. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty cool. Worked out for Koi. Takes the win. Uh, in other PBR, well, Jason, you're good, right? The crowds, I think, was pretty cool. The second night was, was it sold out? Yeah. Pretty near sold out. I think that was pretty yeah, cool. You probably touch close. on that. It was close, but we're still, uh, in 2020, that was the week before we had to be shut down. We, we were 300 tickets away from selling out both performances. Um, Friday was 300 tickets shy and Saturday was sold out at noon. So, um, yeah, we'll get back there next year. We'll be there. Good. Good yeah, young crowd though. Lots of drinking. Yeah. Oh, boys. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there was. They have a good time. Mm-hmm. College town. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice mix though. Nice mix of uh, spectators of all ages. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> um, in a, in PBR Elite Series news, we talk about uh, talk about Nick Tetz getting to go back there. I think that's another thing to touch on too. Is Nick went back to back, kind of overlooked it that he did win the event and dominated the whole event. I think he had to be eighty two or something when he came into the short round. Uh, to take the win, and he was 86 or 87. But yeah. right, and, and he made oh, a weekend. business pick there with Sure Shot. Sure and he shot. said that, yeah, he said that because he had the second pick. We didn't we think he was going to go with the happy camper, yeah, or something like that. There was a lot, yeah, and then know, ones and, you get higher scores on. And uh, hats off to Jake Gardner, too. He wanted to take another spin on him and just about tapped him out, yeah, um, for the second cup event in a row. Yep. Hey, hey, good call. Last time we were on here, we were talking about, um, Castle winning, mm-hmm. and he did win, mm-hmm. and he won again last week in Little Rock. Back to back wins for our boy Dalton Castle. Yeah, bumped him to number two in the world. Yeah, yeah, nice. made a made a really good ride. Got a little bit of some updates here. Uh, start with LA, I guess, because that's pretty big. First of all, just to win at the Crypto.com Arena now, and Dalton did that by riding what we picked before our our. Uh, before that event last week, his time in a bottle. He goes back to back 90s with that thing. And then he rode Kidnapper in the uh, second round and then ended up picking, had first pick coming back the short round. And he picked uh, world champion contender Cool Whip, which I think just kind of shows the mental aspect that Dalton has right now where he's going for first every time, no matter what. So he ended up having it one. Nobody else behind him could catch him when he was getting on Cool Whip. Cool Whip bucked and kind of like either hipped himself or kind of stumbled so he ended up getting a re-ride didn't have to take it because he already won the event but pretty cool to see that and then Denner, Denner Barbosa uh, is a guy that's been in the top three I think the last two events as well so that's a guy to keep an eye on for uh, for the next little little bit here and then uh, again like you say in Little Rock Arkansas Dalton Castle goes back to back rides UTZ Best Tex Smokestack which is that rodeo bull that we were talking about that now has come over to the PBR and uh, they've been liking that bull. They've been winning lots on them. That seems to happen lots. Those world champion contender PRCA bulls, they come to the PBR side of things where they're getting these top guys every single time and they get rode quite a bit more. And then Denner Barbosa again with another top three finish. So pretty cool. Our guy, Joao Ricardo Vieta, uh, he goes 91 and a quarter in the short round on Choto Montalina's Montana jacket. Uh, so we had a great a showing, actually. Yeah. We had Denner, Kaiki in there, Dalton. Nice night. Nice night. <laughs> GRV. Just like you planned it. Just, Just like, like we planned. fucking That planned. is how we plan it, or that's how we expect it anyway. You can't always plan it, but you expect it. Hey, boys. Well, better get another ad read in there while we're talking about uh, a bow riding. We'll get to it. For the best... Of all the bad to the bone PBR action, make a plan to come down to the Czar Lake Bullarama July 21st, 2023. The rankest bulls and best cowboys in the business will try and win one of the biggest single-day paydays in the industry at the back-to-back and reigning PBR Canada event of the year. For more information, check out and like our Facebook page or check our website, www.czarlakebullarama.com. Czar Lake Bullarama, come get some. I like that. It should be hashtag come get some. Uh Zar, like you, you, there? Last you time, go there this year? Geez, uh no, I haven't been there. You've years. never been there? I have riding, um, but I've never went and fought bulls there. Oh well, uh, why didn't you negotiate that in on your deal? 
I don't want that. My friends have it. You know how this bullfighting game goes. I don't need to be taking shit from my friends. <laughs> uh, Zarlake, our, C-Z-A-R. Uh... Once again, C-Z-A-R. Not Zar. C-Z-A-R. <laughs> like Cesar. Colorama. Scissor. Cesar. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, our boy Kai Hamilton's having a time in Houston. Yep. That's been fun to watch too, hey? How they got the format there with the guys going three and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke Thurston was doing, doing pretty good there too, I seen. U.S. Statler made it back in the Bronc riding, I think in second or third. No, in fourth. He was the last. Is it three out of each set or four? Three. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't either. Three. Speaking of that, this kid last night, did you watch the bull riding last night? Just the highlights at the end. I wanted to see how everybody placed. Okay. His name is Ernie Corson. Oh, yeah. He went, he went the round. Yes. And this guy is. Has he got the mullet? Sweet. And does oh, the backflip? Yeah. Does, does the Renato? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that and you know guy. how high that yes. fence is there? Yes. That ain't off the shark cage. Yes. So and we got to keep an he, eye on Ernie. He mm. will do it. He will do He will do a backflip even if he doesn't ride one. I've seen that before. Ernie? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's all jab up. He likes to have fun, I think. Oh, like well, we'll have to have a chat with him. No backflips unless you stay on. He's <laughs> <laughs> a fisherman, I think, from Florida or something. But um, yeah, pretty badass. Uh, another update, too, guys. When we were talking about the backward hands, uh, riding last Jay week. Dunford. Jay Dunford. Jay yeah. Dunford. Jay Dunford. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. I talked to the fella that makes his. It was a turkey, Gerlitz? Yeah, he texted me. He didn't text you? No, I got it from uh, a guy that used to make his ropes in... Um, oh, no kidding? Yeah, in North Dakota or South Dakota, and he messaged me and said that it was Jay Dunford, and he used to make his ropes for him, and he used to make them all off-centered a little bit so he could get his hand in there. You just automatically think, this is going to be ugly right here. <laughs> yeah. This guy, obviously, how did he get into this event, number one? And two, how is he going to get home with no f- teeth and a busted face but he makes it work that is the positive of it yeah it's uh works for him tanner when you first started riding i know when i was first started riding you know how your wrist would get so sore did that ever happen to you yes i have a chronic injury in my wrist they're fucked right well like so painful and i remember going to kevin west school and i was well, hanging on for dear life, mainly out of fright, I think, at the time. But I remember telling him it was so pain. He's just like, no, you just got to ride through it. It'll go away eventually. Yeah, that's bull riding. I think that was the old school way. Yeah, yeah. Gotta ride I know. Through it. But to me, to me, the way this fellow rides, that shit, that wouldn't hurt as much at all because your hand's not twisted around. Yeah. You know, it's just straight down. Hang on. I had a, I had people I reaching out, too, about it that, when we put it on the the NFP page of what are your thoughts on it? Cause people could actually see it there. And uh, yeah, hundred percent. That's not like a, uh, a Slater, like anything bad towards it. I think it's badass. I think I'd yeah. like to try it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You can push and lift. You can do more stuff. It feels like. And then I had people commenting too. It's like from people that don't know anything about it, the sport and stuff that does look more, convenient like it looks more normal mm-hmm. than, than putting your hand in that other way right just it over so i think i if i had a road that way i could have saved myself 22 concussions 
Probably not. <laughs> That's like all the old boys that like, oh, those Brazilian ropes. Fuck, maybe that, maybe that was the key. Maybe I should have done that. I could have won more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it also has to do with the skill set, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say, it wouldn't matter which way I rode. It still wasn't going to get me anywhere in life. So, um, Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. The last <laughs> member of Leonard Skinner dies. Do you guys see this? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize yeah, they were all gone. Yeah, well, quite a few of them died in the plane crash. Wait, right, that's there. right, too. Yeah. Have you watched that documentary on Netflix? On yeah, was it good? Oh, yeah, you got to watch that. That's amazing. I think they talked about when they were writing those some of those songs, like um, Freebird and yeah. one more. I don't know which other one it was, but it was like obviously like cult songs, best songs ever. Yeah. Uh, they were out eating the mushrooms out of the cow yeah. patties out in the field yeah. just getting fucking lit and then <laughs> writing those songs is that right but Scott? they yeah it is and then they but they would practice for days and days and days like that was one of the things they they said multiple times on that documentary was that we all practiced everybody you know in the middle of nowhere and just that's all they do is practice yeah um yeah, that's true. And then eat mushrooms, of course. So I guess that would explain <laughs> yeah. why you'd want to days. practice for <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is where the days come into play. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, we'll get to our uh, our couple new segments that we talked about. I don't know if you guys have had any new Sunday scaries. I'll bring mine up <laughs> in the future. <laughs> I had one. I don't know if I could say his name or not, but it was in Lesbridge last weekend. He brought it up to me, and uh, it was his debut on the uh, built for tough series or the elite series it would be and uh after it was done went out with the boys had himself a time jason he said he may have called you at like three in the morning to send him a video and uh got the happy fingers uh him and his chick and then when they got back to the hotel room went to sleep then it was in the middle of one of those storms where the flights aren't working that great. They missed their flight in the first place, end up getting stuck in Minneapolis for a few days, and the debut did not go as planned. But that's a pretty good Sunday scary stories. We've all probably had a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good one. A good one there. Um couple other ones that I had from different people reaching out from our last podcast was the bronc riding. When I was talking about how deep the uh, the bronc riding pool is right now, and we always talk about it on this podcast, and I got a message that the bronc riding isn't that deep from from this uh, from this feller, and that we have our top guys, but other than that, and it drops right off. It drops that, right basically off. Basically, what he's saying, yeah, is what he's saying, and he's saying that if the if the stock when we talked about the stock and how great these horses are right now if something doesn't change there that uh it'll be just like the bull riding side of things where these these novice guys and these kids aren't going to keep coming and and getting on futurity horses at amateur rodeos or high school rodeos and stuff like that when the when the when contractors are are bringing horses that they've won money on at futurities which is fair that's fair enough like we talked in the last pod I mean, there's two ways to look at this. You can say as a person that you're going to build a sport and bring the proper horses to to fit these new kids or or novice kids or whatever, but you also got to follow through with it, right? You yeah. know, if you're just trying to get a trip on something that you know is already really good, um, it's it's not fair. And we did. We went through it in the bull ride. I mean, this it's 
or you know it's you, there's so many good bulls nowadays that it's hard for these guys and i get it it's they can't keep a bunch of b pen bulls around i mean they're all striving for for the you know for the big time so yeah and i think that, that's another thing is the is the just like the honesty about it right if mm-hmm. you do got one that you know is a fucking banger you know maybe tell the kid that's been on three horses in his life that hey this thing fucking fires buddy you know maybe not for you right yeah (laughs) try a different one or try somewhere else that's another thing i think um would be a a valid point i ever sent that in that is a valid point yeah there's been quite a bit actually there's been lots uh my mind's still not working that great from the weekend but uh there's been a lot of points that have brought gotten brought up that will keep going on the on the pod i like the feedback from from people and different ideas because we don't get to see everything that goes on at at different levels right i just see you know you know the rodeos that i get to see guys at is the pro rodeos and that's a different game than yeah the amateurs or the semi-pros or the high school rodeo situation so um hopefully with that with the, with that being said, what a crop of bronc riders we have right now, though. Eh? <laughs> wow, unreal, unreal. What unreal. a bunch of bangers. Um, yeah. And and this there was also comments that were like on uh, Stetson's podcast of how he was being nice, and there's like thirty guys that could that could win the world in the bronc riding. There was people like, uh, no, there's not. This <laughs> is like right. maybe the top ten. But it drops down after that too. But nobody's gonna touch those top guys. So I'm like, oh fuck, whatever. <laughs> We're pumping all the guys' tires. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's good. I like it. Give us the good feedback on all that sort of stuff. Brazilian career day. I don't know if you guys seen this or not on on Instagram the other night. It was pretty cool. It wasn't actually career day in Brazil. It was career day at the Decatur Texas Elementary School, but that is where all most of all the Brazilians live. So a career day at the Texas uh, Elementary School was all the Brazilian guys. So it's kind of cool. It was um, Lucas Teodoro and uh, Marco Aguche and all those top bull riding guys, and they were in the in the classroom and uh the broken english and whatever else right they're talking about their career day from their with their kids so that that's pretty wild it's probably not what the other people or the people around decatur texas would expect there would be a bunch of brazilians at the at the career day at their elementary school but i thought that was pretty cool give those guys a yeah. shout out <laughs> yeah bring your dad to work day did you guys get any uh did you guys get any of the, the, the don't be that guy segments like for the practice pens and stuff like that do you get any new ones of those do you have any updates on those i got one no i got one would be the would be the no copenhagen guy don't be that guy that shows up with uh with wanting to no chew. copenhagen and wants to chew you know those who's that guy we who is that, that guy, guy. let's let's name guy. some i don't know i don't chew that shit it gets in your mouth <laughs> who who who's the guy let's call him out um well there's so many fuck right scott really right is there a lot of chewers <laughs> no, i'm no, gonna go I'm gonna, as much anymore i'm gonna lean more to the dark side of things uh yeah. you know like i'm gonna bring up our old friend Colin Steele, like don't show up with only one cigarette, Colin, because how am I supposed to bum a cigarette off if you only got one? Right. <laughs> but yeah, you would want... take it. You yeah, take it. I would, but I want a full pack. So I hope he listens to this and brings a carton <laughs> the next time because I'm sick of sharing cigarettes with him when he's only got one left. Makes me feel bad. <laughs> That's same practice pens or or events that you go to, the beer, like the beer guy. You show up yeah. with fucking nothing. 
And then all of a sudden you're shit faced and you've drank. Like at least when I get shit faced, at least I'm bringing it. <laughs> right? Right? I, don't I like, be that guy. Shows up I with nothing. Just the bum. The bum. Don't be the bum. Well, yes. On to our guests that you had to do solo, unfortunately. Yes. Uh-uh. And uh-uh. Scotty was there on? for a bit. Just for a bit? For a bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. I apologize. Derek, I apologize. I missed that. It was one. a good or two. Um, from... Yeah, I wanted. Yep. I, I, I wanted to ask Derek. And I should have texted you. I forget what I was doing that night. Anyway, when he won, uh, remember we had last Cowboy Standing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One year. I don't think it was. I think it was only one year. Jess. No, Marcos won it the first year in Quebec. Won like 50 grand, I think. Yeah, he did. Right and then the next year, we just had a 75000 We just had a $75,000 added event. And uh, Derek won it. <laughs> and I wrote him his <laughs> check, Canadian funds mm-hmm. and i remember looking at it, think, oh good weekend and uh i asked him about what what it looked like after the tax from pbr canada and the exchange and he's like didn't look near as good <laughs> like half yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you uh u.s riders don't spend your checks before you get home wait till they get in the bank and you see what the damage is yeah mm-hmm. yeah the exchange rate i think derek though and you'll find in this podcast probably didn't bother him too much nothing really nothing gets to him and and you'll kind of hear that from him through this pod scott i think right you kind of get that it's just he tries to keep it even keel and he's had lots of highs and lows in his career and he just keeps going about his business pretty calm guy you know not not the guy in the bar or or giving her he's just like a calm cool collected straight up businessman bull rider and he was cool, man. It's it's fun. It's gonna be great for everybody to hear from him. And and like I was talking in the in the podcast, Scott, he's twenty six years old, for Christ's mm-hmm. sake. Like he's been around yeah. since he was eighteen. So you feel like he's that's old. all he is. Twenty six, twenty nine ish. Yeah, yeah. He has been sure. around for a while. Yeah. So that's that's like he's just he's still right in the heat of it, right? He's still right. Some of your best years is that twenty five, twenty seven mark, yeah. right? So, <laughs> and, right? and you, yeah, for and Scott you, and I, it's more like forty nine and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. you did say that too, Tanner, to him. You said, like, you know, you're just in your prime. And he goes, Yeah, I hope so. I Jeez, hope, I hope still, so. Yeah. I hope in my prime. Right. Yeah. So. 100%. So we'll get to that here in a bit. Um, one thing we did have to touch on too that people are wanting to clear up, uh, it's been all over social media, is the Calgary Stampede video from like the 50s ish, would it be? With the lion oh, the in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard. Everybody that, that mostly knows, they're saying it's legit. Yeah, and there's some old boys on the internet that were saying that they were trying to do some more stuff at that time, so they were bringing in different specialty acts, and that it was legit. I haven't heard any anybody say no, it's fake. I've had like three different. Yeah, people why wouldn't say, you let a lion go the bull riding? It's pretty wild. Not only do you bullfighters not not only do you got to save the bull bull rider from the bulls, you got to save yourself <laughs> from the lion. <laughs> Need Spencer off uh, 1923. Yeah, come save you. Have you guys watched that? I like. Oh yeah, he's a badass. Oh, that's a gutter. Nineteen. You could make a show just about him in Africa. I think that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be its own series. No. Oh, Taylor, if you're listening, we're looking for a nineteen twenty three sequel. Just Spencer killing (laughs) shit. There's a season two, which is sweet. Eighteen eighty three was just one season, so it's like a mini series. This one's getting season two, so it's. Yeah, 1923 is. Yeah, 1923 is. Yeah, that was just the yeah. first season. It's it's fucking it's legit. 
Yeah, you guys got to check that one out if you haven't. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I like it. Okay, anything I, else, I, Scott? I you need to you need to give a shout out before we forget. Oh yes, um, just want to sh- give a shout out on the uh, Canadian College Royal Association finals that are going on May 19th, 20th, and 21st at the Silver Sage in Brooks. So go support those college kids and uh, a lot of good kids and good talent going down there. So. I just talked to Braden today and pretty excited about it. Beauty. Love it. Okay. Uh, other than that, guys, Jason, you good? Scott, we didn't. Yeah, I'm uh... hungry. Actually, it's supper time here. If we could wrap this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. Well, we probably missed a lot, but we'll be back here in a couple of weeks uh, with another update on things. We won't have an event, event to talk about, so we'll have some, uh, some different oh, stuff to we talk about. We might have about. a banger for the next one, though. Good. I got us a lion on a champion. Champion. Good. I like it. There's a nice little tease. We actually have quite a few good ones lined up here, so yeah. we're going to have a good little run of podcasts here for the next little bit that I think people are really going to enjoy. But this one's going to be just as good as well with Derek. Dang. Oh, Baba. But before we get to it, guys, this interview is brought to you by Get Hooked Up. Hooked Up Enterprises. For the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western Sports and Beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western Sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFB podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com. Or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, and stay hooked. We thank you guys. Thanks for joining the podcast. Lots of great feedback from Stetson Wrights, Cody Snyders. We're going to keep these pumping as long as you guys keep listening to them. So we thank you. We love you. Here's our interview with Derek Colbaba. Derek Colbaba kicks it into high gear and shows Bruiser who's boss. Colbaba has won for the fourth time this season. He only needed 82. And it's a lot more than that. How high over 90 are we going to get? Colbaba wins Colorado Springs 93 points. That was great stuff, man. Bruiser had a great day. That's what I love to see. A huge bull score. Not quite 46 that he was needing, but 45 and three quarters. That was a great ride by Colbaba. A great job by the Bulls. That, you can't ask for it any better in professional bull riding than that right there. Around to the left, kick and spinning, and then right here, boy, here comes the hang time, the drop, now going with the backup. Cole Baba never tries to ride with one hole, shuffling his feet. Great job, man. Our guest today is an eight-time PBR World Finals qualifier with over $1.6 million in PBR earnings and six event wins on the Elite Series of the PBR. He's the Monster Energy Bull Rider, riding right now for the Oklahoma Freedom in the PBR Team Series from Walla Walla, Washington. It's our friend, buddy, and pal, Mr. Derek Kovaba. Derek, how we doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. I'm glad to be on the show. Yeah, buddy, glad to have you. We've had lots of requests from that uh, Northwest country. Got to get Derek on there. Got to get Derek on there. I said, he's a hard man to track down, but we finally got you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's my schedule or your schedule, but uh, <laughs> we're here. We did have about three reschedules, but we're fucking we're here now, buddy. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, man. I and last night I will I will say it was my fault. So yeah, I'll take happens. one for the team there. 
Jason, uh, as we always talk about on this show, the, the busyness that he endures in his life, which is obviously way more busy than anyone else. He once yeah. again couldn't make it to the interview today, but uh, hopefully you, he might pop in as we go here. So we'll see how that goes. As he would say, he's busy making us money at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least yeah. you got someone to do that for you. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish that's how it went. I wish it was. We get paid about as good as you do for the Oklahoma Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Hey, we're the I good like goddamn. Uh, what's <laughs> up, Derek? How's things, buddy? What's going on in your life? Man, things are good. Uh, just right now, healing up, healing up from just a kind of a freak injury there that happened in Sacramento. Um, but almost on the back end of that. And uh, other than that, she was just hanging out at home and enjoying our our new little one and uh, watching her grow up. Um, but yeah, man, life is good. That is a fact. Yeah dad life and go into that because i was going to ask you that first off um we get to what we try to watch as much as we can we don't get the greatest of uh of footage up here and on the canadian side of things to watch you guys every weekend but i noticed that you weren't going um there's some guys i noticed that were kind of just doing the team stuff uh not doing the individual you know tour like the original one of, of going for a world championship but that's your deal you are hurt right now you you uh, wrecked your knee out or something you were saying yeah, well, I mean, it was just a freak deal, actually, there in Sacramento. Uh, my hand kind of popped out of my rope, and I was just sitting there doing the Jesus take the wheel moment and uh, slid just enough far far enough forward to where that bull threw his horn back and it hit my knee and just put about a, oh, I'd say a quarter-sized hole in the side of it. And it, it took it down to the joint, and so Tandy, he had about three-quarters of his thumb oh. in there. <laughs> And uh, he said, yeah, you should probably go to the hospital and get that drained out and make sure that there wasn't any infection in there. So spent all night in the hospital in Sacramento uh, emergency room, which I can promise you is not too appealing. <laughs> and uh, they, they ended up cutting it open probably about four inches more and just running a bunch of uh, liquid through it and get it all get all the infection out if there was going to be any infection. And, uh, so yeah, I've been sitting around for about three weeks now doing nothing, but, uh, it's feeling really good coming, coming back to, it. I think the worst part was just sitting around at home for two weeks, not being able to move that, that leg and, and you know how mm -hmm. joints get when you don't move them for a while, they stiffen right up, but Gosh. it's getting better. So that's filthy. <laughs> I bet the yeah, the, only, the only Levi's didn't uh, didn't even rip though, so I, you know I was in good shape there. <laughs> quick plug, quick plug, Levi's plug, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was actually a question I had. Are you still with uh, with Levi's? Obviously, you are. Yes, sir. Yeah, big dog. Yes. We'll get into that. I want to talk about some Harvey stuff as we as we get rolling too. But when you said the Sacramento Hospital, Scott, I feel like the Sacramento Hospital would probably be about as good as the Prince Albert Hospital for <laughs> the people around there. <laughs> Not the greatest of places you ought to be at. <laughs> get to see some shit, eh? Get yeah. to see some shit. What about speaking of Levi's also and all that uh, aspect of it? We are a Wrangler podcast, but we'll 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 plug some Levi's today. But uh, <laughs> we'll just beep. This we'll just probably, beep this it out. One of those parts that's going to get cut out of the whole podcast. Yeah, no, right? no, this stays. This stays. <laughs> uh, Teal, what's going on with Cody Teal? Is he? Did, I don't know. You guys probably talk lots being with uh, with under the same agent and a lot of the same sponsors and stuff. Is he just rodeo? And what's going on with him? Yeah, man. I think. Uh... You know, like when we talked about the team series and, and uh, how some guys 
really enjoyed it and thrived in it and some guys not so much. And I think it just kind of, uh, you know, put him in a little bit different, uh, journey, I guess, to what he wanted to go about. He want, I think he wants to try to bank the NFR, uh, another time. Um, so he's just kind of trying to set himself up through the winter to have that opportunity to, to go in the summer and have all of his qualifications up. Um, I'm, you know, I'm sure he still might make a run for the PBR finals come, middle of april or something start going to those velocities and make okay. a push for it but yeah i'm pretty sure his, his main goal is to try to make the nfr this year again so that'll be pretty exciting yeah no doubt badass dude what about you is that ever a uh a thing that you would look at doing i know you like all your buddies and stuff and especially from that northwest region like rodeos roscoe and all them guys right they're big rodeo guys and i know you yeah. did it for a little while but is it ever something that that you would look at stepping away from the the pbr side of things or trying to do both or now with this team series you know is is the rodeo side of things ever in your future i think so i mean it's i think the nfr is something that i've always thought was just kind of the the pinnacle of, of rodeo and, and western lifestyle and um growing up that's what that's what we knew that's what you know you see in the yellow buck and shoots that's kind of where you wanted to be and so i mean i i enjoy rodeo and there's i don't think i could go a summer where i i didn't rodeo here in the northwest and um i just i enjoy the feel of it the, the group of guys that rodeo has in it is is uh is pretty amazing i mean even from the, the bareback riders to the bronc riders and and some of them timed event boys even but uh it's just fun i, I enjoy the change of pace i enjoy the the camaraderie that you get at all those smaller rodeos and um you know the committee they they get there one time a year to put on a, a great show and yeah. and they're just as happy to to have you there as, as you are to be there and so you don't get that always in the PBR, which is fine. It's a completely different animal, but uh, I think one of these years I'll probably try and, and make a run for it. But it is crazy though how the the PBR is so big, and it's what there is it the thirtieth anniversary this year. Um, yeah, of the PBR. It it's still like you. It's still those yellow shoots are always in the back of your mind, and and like you said, growing up with it, it it's still. As, as amazing now as when you were a little guy watching it, right? It's uh, it's just got such a story and a history behind it. Yeah, the, the, the nostalgia behind the NFR and, and the PRCA in general is still, I mean, nobody can say that it wasn't what started the PBR. I mean, mm-hmm. um, all of that gave those guys a platform to stand on, to, to give them the, the credibility that they had and to go on and – make the PBR, but I still think that, yeah, I mean, everybody's dream, I think, is to ride at them yellow buck and shoots and, uh, you know, make that hot lap in the arena in the introductions and yeah. hope to God you make it out. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I think that's that's definitely something I'd like to set my sights on um, before, I, before I retire. We'll see if it happens or not. But They've kind of made it okay, too, now. Like, you know, like when, when – when I came into the PBR and all the guys before me and you, Derek, too, around that 2015 area era, it was like you either rodeoed or you PBR. Mm-hmm. And, and remember that like those guys were like them fucking pussies at a rodeo. And, you know, it was like, <laughs> you, you were a PBR guy or you were a rodeo guy. And now even like bullfighting side of things, everything, right. It was like, it was like, nah, you're either doing one or the other. And there was even times where there was, you'd get in trouble for, for going to the other one. Right. But it, it seems like now they've, 
they've really embraced each other. And now that the, the WCRA has come into the picture, it's a different era where guys are kind of, you know, they're, it's okay to go and do both. And it's not like a, a battle of one to the other now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that completely. It seems like, uh, you know, the Fuck, PBR they got Sage doing shy. the inter- They got Sage doing the fucking <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, the PBR is <laughs> not shying away from it at all. I mean, when you take a seven time PSA champ and put him with the microphone, obviously there's not too much bad blood. Yeah. I don't think you're ever going to hear an announcer in the PRCA talk about PBR, but, uh, well, I guess now the JB's in there, they have a hard yeah. time not talking about it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I think I think finally maybe they're learning that they can each they each play off of each other and each you know have something to gain from each other. Um, so yeah, hopefully it keeps going in the right direction. I think you can see with attendances in the PRC and the PBR that it's it's certainly growing and and people are wanting to get get some rodeo and bull riding in and watching it. So I hope that that leads for better yet to come. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's good. Okay, Derek. So we we take most of our guests through this, and it's always fun for everybody to find out kind of the the humble beginnings. And and you over on that uh, the northwest side of things, yours would be a little bit different upbringing than say the the South Texas boys. But uh, how'd you get into the sport and uh, and take us kind of right from the get go? How you got into this deal? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's about like everyone else grew up around it. My dad was a bull rider back through the '90s, and uh, on my mom's side my great granddad he was a, a stock contractor in the prca one of the first stock contractors to bring bulls and horses to the nfr and um so rodeo just kind of been in the been in the blood and all i ever grew up around wanting to be and and uh so growing up that was what i told everybody i was going to be was a a professional bull rider and uh, i think a lot of people probably thought i was full of shit but like most little kids when they're running around telling you what they want to be but uh and so growing up, I wouldn't really say that I was the one that hit the junior rodeo trail pretty hard. Um, just kind of went to a few here and there and got on sheep and calves. And uh, then probably by the time I was 10 or 11, got a little more serious about trying to trying to learn. And my dad sat me down and said, if this is something you really want to do, we're going to try to teach you the right way. And, and it may not help you on calves, but it'll help you further in in life if you want to get on bulls and um yeah got on my first big bull when i was probably 12 years old and i was i was hooked who was the was there like a a big dog from out that way that that you looked up to or or you tried to your style right it's a lot different than a lot of other guys you run your knees up lots and you float really probably as good as anybody um some of the bulls that you rode those rank bulls that you can ride was there somebody that you that you based that style off of or did that come natural to you uh i think you know one thing that always stood out in my mind uh, like with proctor i I went to a few of of shane proctor's bull riding schools that he put on which was was pretty pretty cool of him to do that i mean sure he he had lived in uh, north carolina at that time but he, he never forgot where he came from up there in in Nespelum and, and he was doing schools that were probably worth 10 times more than any other school for, for next to nothing for them guys. And, and I was able to get up there and, and attend a few of those. And, and one thing he always said was whether you take one thing from this school and, and one thing from my, uh, style and another thing from, from Jim Sharp style and, and kind of form it into your own, um, instead of just making it a cookie cutter, this is what you have to do. Um, I think that's kind of what formed 
my style and and like you said running my knees up a little bit more and and you know I always watched uh Lane Frost bull talk and he always said that he he liked to have Ben in his knees and and uh, if his legs were straight then he felt like he he wouldn't really have control or balance and so um watching that growing up and and just trying to make my own style on the buck and barrel late at night figuring it out um yeah, I think. And then, like you said, I mean, we came from the Northwest where a lot of times you're getting on some pretty big red muleys that <laughs> had a lot of down and a lot of up. So you had to be able to run your knees up and, and give yourself a second chance. Was, uh, was Pazabon ever at those uh, Proctor schools? He went out there a few years. When you yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he went to, I remember him being at one of the ones that I was. He was the year before I went and then the first year that I had gone. And, and that was pretty pretty cool and that was the other thing that he would just bring some top of the line guys to to go teach the school and i don't know if i was too freaking starstruck to ride ride at the time (laughs) i was just listening to what those guys had to say but uh yeah it was it was pretty cool for a a 13 year old kid to to have his idol sitting there in front of him teaching him how to ride bulls yeah stormy went up there a couple times too Stormy Wing. Yeah, Storm Ben Jones. Yeah. <laughs> There's a handful nice. of them yeah. guys. <laughs> ben Jones. Uh, sounds like the schools we did, Scott, up here. Was bring out bring out all your friends and have a fun time. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Right? Right. Yeah. Uh so that's cool. That obviously worked your way up. And were you like uh, were you the superstar? I know Weezy's always good at picking out those the young guys. You see all these some <laughs> random kids that'll be like their first rodeo, and they'll have the the Vexel brand on them and all that. But were you like the big shot from from your area? Everybody kind of had that idea that maybe you were going to go places. Uh, I mean, I think so. I try not to be too cocky about it, but no, you're uh, to be here. It you're, seemed like everything was starting to starting to click for me when I was probably 14 years old freshman in high school things were really starting to move in the right direction my dad had kind of told me how it how it was going to need to be if this is something I was going to be serious about then it was something that I had better start right now and um you know get in the gym get in shape and uh I was start I finally won a bunch of rodeos in high school and was leading the state and broke my leg in the practice pin right before all that happened and sat out for six months and was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Cause I was able to mature a little bit more and grow a little bit more. And before I really took a run at it. And after that, uh, yeah, I just went hard all, all summer long at uh, 15, 16, won all the amateur stuff around here. And, and so at that point I knew this is, this is what I was going to do. I mean, bull riding was, um, what I was going to do for a living. And, and the moment that I turned 18, I was going to make a run for the PBR and, and, and rodeo as well. Uh, so finished high school early, about a year early and, uh, went on from there. (laughs) Who was the, who was your crew then at that time? Like the Washington state, I know you and Roscoe or or Roscoe Jarbo are really good buddies. Um, (laughs) Did you have to buy fucking? Did you have to buy Roscoe Copenhagen through high school? You probably would have went broke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy! That's yeah. my favorite part of the NFR is just the biggest dip that you'd ever see in your life. Roscoe just <laughs> yeah. If things weren't going so well, he just pack a freaking bigger chew in. You're like, holy <laughs> crap! But <laughs> no, it's uh, he he was in Idaho, so he was a few hours away and. Uh, I ran with a guy named Cody Hudson who um, actually had a lot of success as well 
um, at a young age. Heck, I, he made his first – I think he won his first touring pro he ever went to and got a shot at the, the built Ford Tough and, uh, at 18. And I think he, he got wrecked out at his first one. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, yeah, that was kind of the crew that we, we rolled around it. And uh, there's – I think there's three amateur associations up here. And, and uh, between myself, Roscoe, and Cody Hudson, we usually won – one of one of the three each year and so it was cool to just kind of have these this group of guys that um pushed each other it's it's kind of kind of neat watching the kids nowadays like little john crimber and and his crew that they roll i mean it's unbelievable what they're doing nowadays and and how high they're setting the bar for somebody that's 16 years old we talk about him quite a bit is what's what's he like uh is he is he as legit as we we think he's gonna be i mean yeah, yeah. When you see a video of him spurring a bull that dashboarded Jose two weeks ago, it's kind of hard to be like, well, I think he's just, yeah, I know he's the real fucking deal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got to see him ride last year at the national high school finals. And you know, if you, you, yeah, you take all those kids are there. There is some really good kids, but he is, you know, that much above and, and he knows it and that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good to watch. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it always makes you guys think like what what causes that or like is it, you know, it's not like he just was born with this crazy gift. I mean, I feel like he's just gotten the right people in front of him and he's pretty much said I'm going to outwork everybody that uh is in front of me and gosh, it's impressive to watch. Yeah. 100%. Well, we were just saying on the previous podcast like what he rides, I watch his practice rides all the time and I mean those for the average person is not a practice bull. Do you know what I mean? That's it's, it's absolutely. A step and he's getting on practice bulls. That's the other thing. Right. I don't know how it is everywhere else, but it's sometimes, I mean, we used to have two or three practice pins a week around here. And now I, I could barely count on one hand guys bucking once a month. And you damn sure don't get better at riding bulls by just riding the drop barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. So you were a guy, obviously that that did went. You were going hard practice pens, like lots of the guys our age had to do. Right, you had to go and travel and get to it. Um, was that something that you really uh, give that that skill to? Where you got to that level at is always getting on and getting better every day. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know there was there was always a practice pen, either a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and um, and there was always going to be something that weekend to, to fill in. And if it wasn't a, an amateur bull ride and then it was a practice pin and, uh, Craig wins, he, he had his pin going and that was back when he didn't quite have as deep a pin as far as younger bulls to get on. So everything that he was taking to the PBRs was his practice pin. So <laughs> we, uh, we learned pretty quick about what a bucker was and, uh, but, no, I think that was just kind of the mentality that we had. That's that's what we wanted to get on. I remember going down to, to uh, Don Kish's house and was fortunate enough to have a, a pretty good relationship with, with Growney and, and Don Kish. And, I mean, I went down there at 15 years old and got car killed on probably eight of the ten bulls I got on, it seemed like, and they all went right. Yeah, right in the gate. <laughs> and... <right>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, but, you know, at the time, I mean, it was still, it was such a great learning experience. I mean, I was getting on bulls that, uh, you know, two years later were PRCA bull of the years. And 
you know, at the time it probably felt like I wasn't really getting anywhere, but you know, the way that Don broke it down for me, he's like, I can promise you the next 10 bulls that you go get on at the next rodeos are going to be, feel like a, a junior rodeo bull. Everything's going to slow down. And, and so, you know, trying to just take everything with a, with a positive attitude and, and feel like we were learning on every one of them, um, I think was, was pretty beneficial for me. And, uh, that was, that was just kind of the mentality that I had. I want your opinion on this. And I, I just, sometimes I wonder if there was a uh, kind of a little bit of a stage through there where there was more guys concentrating on being in shape and, and fit, but not practicing or getting on as much as they probably should have been. Do you think that was kind of a thing? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, guys got a little caught up with, I need to go to the gym and post a selfie picture that I'm working out because that's what people think winners are doing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. There's, there's a time and a place for, for getting your time in at the gym and, and being mentally prepared. I think that's where it helps most is your mental game when you're at the gym. I mean, I can promise you JB Mooney does not look like a gym rat with his shirt off, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but he has that mentality of, I'm not going to turn loose and I'm damn sure not going to let that guy beat me. And, uh, if there's a bad one to be rode, he's probably going to be first in line. And, um, so, you know, looking back, that's the only, or looking around now, I just want the younger generation to know that you're going to get better by getting on more practice bulls and wanting it back worse than the guy sitting next to you. And, and, uh, you know, if, if he's going to get on two practice bowls, well, I'm going to get on three practice bowls. Or if, if he's going to work out for an hour, I'm going to work out for an hour and a half or whatever it may be to give you that mental edge. And, you know, I, did, I feel like that's what's the steps that you have to take to get to the level that you want to be at. The, the mental side of things, I like that you brought that up because you're a guy that, that will like ride five 90 pointers in a row. And then might go into like a little bit of a, a slump where there's bulls that, that you know, you'd be 84. Or a big or slump, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're definitely a rank, like a badass bull rider that rides the rank ones. But how do you stay even keeled when you when you sometimes you lose that consistency? Just know that it's going to click again and keep trucking. Do you go to the gym harder? Do you do some mental exercises? What do you get to get yourself back rolling? You know, I think uh, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at least because I remember years, you know, a great one is 2017 where we had such a great year that year. Hell, I think I had been on like a 15 bull buck off streak before I went and won three events in a yeah. row or whatever it was. And looking back, I'm like, what the, I don't even know how I was able to get out of that, how I got into it. I mean, it was, it was just such a weird roller coaster ride of, I don't know if I just maybe the whole be always being happy go lucky made it worse, <laughs> no. but uh, it seems like nowadays I'm I'm trying to get a little better at at uh, you know brushing it off and and then just focusing refocusing the next day and and knowing that that uh, you know we we can't keep letting the good ones get away because um, you know you're not going to win a world title by falling off the 83 pointer and then riding the, the 89 pointer the next day, you got to be able to 
be able to convert and capitalize on all of them. And, uh, you know, when, when they say bull riding is 90% in your head, it's no doubt 100% all in between your ears, especially by the time you're getting to this, mm-hmm. you know, caliber of, of guy. I mean, every, every one of the 35 guys that shows up on a weekend has the ability to, to win. And so it's, it's pretty much figuring out what that's going to take to get three of the rankest bulls rode in the world that weekend. And it's definitely in between your ears, but. Yeah, or go 94 points like you would do, not just 89. On <laughs> 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 the bangers. And sometimes it's five in a weekend. They they put you through the gauntlet every now and again, most of the time. <laughs> there's there's some full weeks ahead of a guy every once in a while, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, you talked about the 2017 year. I want to go back to the earlier than that, but let's, let's hit on that quick. Does that stand out as like you ended up second in the world that year? You and Lockwood went back and forth head to head battle for the ages was epic to watch. Um, was that, does that stand out to you as, as your, as your best year so far? What was the, what was the thought process? What do you think was different about that year finishing that strong and, and almost winning that world title in the PBR? Yeah, I think that's what's crazy about, uh, you know, I was 21 years old, just kind of getting started on it all. And then uh, me and Lockwood, we, you know, we were, we're great buddies. And then that was, we were just kind of, that year running running and gunning and he had got an event win so i figured i better get me an event win and uh but it like i said it was it's just crazy to look i look at that year and and what was so much different and and what made me win all those events and there's not really one thing that i can pinpoint that makes it all make sense you know and uh sometimes things just go your way and then the luck falls where it does but um it was definitely a year that, that made me know in my, 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 mind and, and in my heart that, you know, I'm capable to, to win a world title and, and to be right up there with the best of them. And, uh, so it's, it's, it gives me hope anyway to, to keep pushing and, uh, know that that dream of mine's still, still right there, ready for the taking. Lockwood would have been like 19 at that time. I think he won it at 20, yeah. 20. Or maybe it was 19, one of the two. But <laughs> You two that can't even get in the bar and you're one and two in the world and racing yeah. the world championship in Las Vegas. <laughs> what, what, what was the conversations like? Holy fuck, we're badass? Or was it like, what are we doing here? Or what? do you remember what it was like? Man, I feel like that's about what it was. Like, what are we even doing here? Like, I mean, obviously, we that was where we wanted to be and that was where we had worked to be. But uh, – at that time, I mean, either one of us to win would have been the the youngest in the history books or however they wanted to put it. But, yeah, um, yeah that was just a wild time to think back of. And, and especially when you start, you know, I wish I could go back and tell that uh, 21-year-old Derek some things, but uh, you can't. You just got to go on with it. And uh, I know I'll have my opportunity again. Yeah beauty so go back to the start of the the pbr so i remember seeing you the first time was in denver when you had like a real breakout you won denver i think you won a couple in a row (laughs) is that when you got on tour right after that yeah so uh if you so going back to uh the year prior or a couple months before in september uh pendleton always has their their big pbr um one one of those bull ridings that I've always kind of cherished as a young kid. I always went there, 
and with my family and, and got to watch and, and see all the big names there. And, um, so that was one that I really wanted to always ride at and was able to, to win that, that bull ride. And then gave me a shot into, uh, one of the UTB events, uh, over in like Pennsylvania or Allentown. That's where oh, it was. Yeah. That was my first, the best first one. event on tour was <laughs> <In> Allentown. Allentown. <laughs> <laughs> and the only person I figured to call was Matt triplet. <laughs> so I show up and I'm staying with triplet outlaw and reese cates <laughs> and i learned a lot that day <laughs> yeah you woulda yeah they're, they're all a little different than you <laughs> yeah that is a fact and at that time they rolled hard so i <laughs> the big leagues the uh, but big no leagues, so that, baby. <laughs> yeah that <laughs> but uh, that kind of got my feet wet i guess you'd say and, and then rolled into the the velocity tour finals and got a spot into the PBR finals that year. And, and so having that confidence, just being in the same locker room as you guys were at the finals, um, all rolled into that following year. And, um, yeah, we, we had a, a quite a bit of success pretty early that year. And I think I was sitting top 10 or top five right there. And after a few of those good velocity wins and, and shoot, it seemed like all that momentum just rolled right into the, into the built for tough series. And, um, yeah, that's a long time ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> so that was the year. Yeah. The first year you made the finals, you came through the velocities, right? You came through the velocity yep, finals to through the velocity finals. Yep. Yeah. Cause I, I remember this. Song. I remember you making fun of my glove and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Drake loving something. So, so Derek shows up, eighteen, nineteen, whatever he might have been, and that was like when Yolo. That's I think it was a song, and it was like really cool, but it was fucking not very cool. And Derek, Derek rolled in at his glove. He had Yolo on his glove. Like, oh, what's up, Yolo? I called you that for like three years too. Oh yeah. You still got the Yolo glove? I got them around here somewhere. I'd have to go look for them. Between those and HYFR, I, I had a whole bundle of them. Yeah. Well, I like HYFR. That's cooler. That one's better. I like that one. And then um, then had a little bit of success, too, at those finals, right? Did pretty good and kind of got your feet wet with everything. And then and then it just rolled from there, right? Did Was see with you then? And did you sign with Monster right after that finals? Or or you always been kind of the poster boy for for you know, Sean on, on his XD sports, right. You've always been that guy and you know, the importance of the sponsorship, one of the best bull riders that we've had in history. So it, it's obviously fitting, but did things just kind of roll and happen right fast, right from then? Yeah. It seemed, uh, like when, with we see, he actually, I, you'd have to run back probably three years. I think I was 15 at a, a futurity bull futurity event that, that he had taken bulls to. And he came up to me, and just said, introduced himself, said, told me what he did, that he was a, an agent for, for the PBR and, and worked with a handful of guys. And at the time, I didn't even know bull riders had agents. I <laughs> I thought that was a little too Hollywood for, for bull riding. But <laughs> um, so then I, I told him how old I was. And he said, well, I won't, once you turn 18 and get get going, then um, yeah, give me a call. And uh I, th I think that was, you know, one of the most important things that he ever told me, especially when I turned 18 and, um, 
you know, it's pretty easy to get sidetracked with, with sponsors and thinking that's what you need to focus on. But, um, he is always, he'd always told me that, uh, you're going to make more money in the arena than you will in sponsors. So focus on that and, uh, all the rest will come. And, and another kind of hard thing to, to, uh, hard pill to swallow, but pretty damn truthful is, um, you know, when you, when you need sponsors and you're, hoping that hoping your credit card goes through for this airplane ticket that you're about ready to blow all your money on to get across the country. Um, they're probably not going to be there, <laughs> but yeah. when you're winning and, and your pockets are pretty heavy and, uh, life is good, you're, you're, they're just going to be ready to, to be right there next to you. But so, I mean, with, with that advice and, and whatnot, that was just kind of that my mentality, especially after that first finals of mine. And uh, we just kind of went to, lighten them up i guess you could say and um just everything kind of fell fell in suit and uh all i was focused on was was trying to be the best bull rider i could be and kind of let all that work that i'd put into it for the last five years uh for come to fruition and uh yeah <laughs> it's it's i've been pretty fortunate for dang sure with some with some great partners over the years and uh yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I always forget that you're fucking 26 years old. That's crazy. I think you're <laughs> like 30 or, you know, you seem like you've been around forever and you're really just right in your prime right now at 26 mm-hmm. years old, which is insane to me. But good for you, buddy. Fuck. You've done well. <laughs> I, hope so. I hope we're just ready to hit our prime. <laughs> 1.6 in earnings. I was doing some research today. That's 25th of all time. And, and with the big, long future to go, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty amazing to see and pretty uh pretty pumped up for you but the first uh the first event win on tour i know that's everybody remembers that it's lots of guys go their whole careers and don't get to to have that experience where was your first one and was it just kind of a, a dream come true that's when i feel like you kind of you get that understanding like hey i am actually one of the best guys i might be able to to make a run at this world championship thing where, where was it for you yeah, no, that's that's a that was a big confidence boost. Uh, I remember riding the bull. Uh, I don't remember his name now, but Longhorn Bull Brindle. Uh, dang, Kookaburra, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember yeah, that bull. I do. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Big scary he had, bastard. He had, yeah, he bucked me off a few months before, and um, I was kind of falling in down. I don't even know if I was in the top 10 of the event that, that uh, weekend. And one of those things when the stars just kind of aligned, right. And, uh, rode my short round bull ended up being the only guy to ride in the short round to, and then to win my first event. I mean, that was, that was, that was pretty, pretty, pretty special. Like you said, it was one of those things that kind of cements in, in yourself that, that you belong there and, and, uh, that it's just not a, a, a whim. And, uh, something that that still to this day keeps me keeps me motivated and keeps me going winning there's no better feeling hey eh? that flight home on the <laughs> oh, Sunday no, or the I... monday it's like you got the buckle <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> you helped me you helped me with one you uh were the last guy out in anaheim and you had me beat and luckily you never bet against you or hope your friends buck off but i was happy that you fell off that day <laughs> I got remember my, that. Got my first win. Yeah. <laughs> they interviewed yeah, me about it too. Him. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. He's like he's fucking 16. He has a lot more of these to win. I, I'm only going to get a couple of these. 
was when that Dumber Bowl just wrecked me out in the 15-15 that weekend. I remember that. Yeah, Flathorn Brando. Or Denatso, yeah. wasn't it Denatso? Yeah, Denatso, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah that, was a, that was fun. Welcome <laughs> to the big leagues. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so is it still Coors Light and no seafood for you, or you get a little seafood in your guts nowadays? Man, that's me. I just stick to that good cold Coors Light and red meat. <laughs> that's, uh, I never did catch COVID, and I figured that's probably why. So, got to go with it. Got to go with it. Uh, um, the the monster side of things, you know, it's kind of cool. And um, for me too, it was to be a part of that team. It was freaking dream come true. But you guys, um, you know, I got like Vegas parties and stuff like that. You guys do some cool shit with them. But is there anything that stands out? Maybe the somewhere that you've got to go or within the PBR, something that you've got to do that, you know, otherwise you wouldn't get to do without being a bull rider, what you've got to do. Is there anything that stands out in your mind as some of the coolest moments for you on the tour? Man, bull riding in general. I, I always remember when I was a kid sitting there listening to Proctor's talk and and their, their old stories about riding bulls here and and the people they've got to meet and <clears throat> now eight nine years into my career it's amazing how true those statements were and and like getting to ride bulls uh in madison square garden that's kind of the the one that you always go back to and, and you look up on the wall of all the the famous people that have performed there and, and all the big moments that have happened and getting to ride bulls on an aircraft carrier who would have thought that would uh right. take place and and uh getting to go to australia and ride bulls it's 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 pretty amazing what uh just kind of where where the sport can take you i guess growing up as a little kid uh, in a pretty small town you know thinking you're going to walmart was going to be a, a pretty big day ahead of you <laughs> and uh here you are sitting riding in front of a sold out crowd at AT&T stadium. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Just the, the memories that I have and, and the memories that I'll remember forever and the people that I get to, to share it with. I mean, like, you know, the podcast, I haven't seen Tanner in four years and yet we can just jump on and <clears throat> just yeah. like we've never skipped a beat. And, uh, but you know, there's, there's some cool things that always seem to come in mind. And I know one story talking about New York, <clears throat> me and we see the Weesey brothers actually <laughs> mm-hmm. uh just sitting around having having one of them uh cold beers and a nice steak and next thing you know uh we get invited to go to this cigar bar someplace top of a skyscraper that i have no idea how to pronounce and i don't think we were supposed to be there at the end of the day we were told to go at the top of the elevator tell the the front man a, a name which i still don't remember the name but uh and somehow they let us in and so we go stomping back there trying to find our guy and uh next thing you know we're talking with god knows who about uh how the pbr needs or the bull riders need a union and then next thing you know we're shaking hands with uh, trump jr and uh yeah, it was just a, one of those weird nights that doesn't really seem to think that would ever happen, especially for just an old bull rider from Washington State, be shaking hands with uh, <laughs> Trump Jr. and at some cigar area. But it was, yeah, it's amazing where where the road of bull riding will take you, that's for sure. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, the the travel for you talk about that being from from Washington over there. It's different than say a guy from Oklahoma to get to lots of these events. You're on probably two flights at least on in the weekends. Does the the wear and tear of that? It's eight years now. You got quite a few years left in it. I know for myself, the travel was really what what burns you out. Um, is that something that you just that you're good with? Is it wear on you? How is it traveling a lot further like that every weekend? Uh, well, I know I'd probably build Red Bulls a lot longer if we could have an event in uh, Tri Cities every weekend. That'd be all right. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I think that's probably the hardest part, and and just what's very mentally straining on me and probably a lot of guys is just, just the travel. And, uh, you know, you wake up at four in the morning to catch a flight and sit in another airport for three hours on a layover. And then that one gets delayed and now you're hoping you're going to make the bull riding. And, uh, <laughs> there's, yep. you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, on one hand, yeah, it can get pretty boring and, and, pretty pretty aggravating really but then on the other hand it's like oh my gosh you're sitting in a first class seat going to somewhere in florida poor you yeah (laughs) so i i I try to look at it from both sides of it too when i when i get real real down and out and and you know i gotta be doing what i love every every weekend and and i'm my own boss and uh so i I try to look at it more in at that way and and keep myself you know, feeling, feeling good. Cause it's, it's like you said, it's, it's very easy to get falling down that, that negative road and you can always find something to complain about. That is for damn sure. Um, especially if you fly United, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, do you find it a little bit harder to leave home now that, that you're a dad? And I know I've been through that in my career. Tanner's been through that in his career. Do you, is, is things will change a little bit now when you have to shut the door and hit the road? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's one of those things is, as you get older and then you start to, uh, you know, establishing yourself in a spot and, and, mm-hmm. and have a home and a, and a family to come home to. Um, I, I think that you find yourself enjoying being home a lot more. Um, but on the same note, I mean, I got to remember, uh, you know, what pays the bills around here and then what, and for, too i mean just just my goals in themselves and sometimes i think it's easy to kind of steer off of that and forget forget what the what the purpose is and and what you're doing it for but at the same time you've got to be able to kind of rein it back and and know that that you've got business to attend to and 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 goals to achieve but just just wait till you get home and drag your tired ass in the house and and the little one wants to play for an hour or two (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Derek takes care of himself pretty good on the road, though. So you, you probably won't be as burnt out as me or Scott would be when we get home. From the weekend. Banged up on a Monday, yeah. There ain't nothing worse when that bull ride ends on at five o'clock on Sunday, and you've got to figure out what to do for about eighteen hours. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Have you a good time? Uh, <laughs> So the originality when I when I first reached out to you to to come on the pod was when the team series was announced and I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on it and and your response was well let me fucking do it and figure out what this is all about because I have no idea what's going on <laughs> so uh, fair point now that we've been through the inaugural season of it 
Give us the rundown. Give us your thoughts. What's the difference that that came into it? You were a guy that's been there from obviously before the team series. Now the team series. What are your thoughts on it? You like it? You seem to ride really well in it. You kicked ass for your team all year. Uh, what's your What's your aspect on the team series? Uh, man, I yeah, I was like we said, it was something that I had no idea what to expect. I don't think anybody really did. Um, and it for me, it was kind of hard to get fully invested i guess you could say until we had started getting things in motion and and going to the first event and seeing how things were gonna you know take place and i mean things changed even after the first event though so i mean things were were constantly changing to to get better and and i think everybody kind of had the same mentality that uh we we had to take it take this first year and and learn from it and um, i think there was a lot of good though that that came out of it um I, I think you've seen some guys rise up knowing that they had the team on their back. And I, I feel I was probably one of those guys as well that, um, that just rose up in those, those big moment occasions to where, you know, the team needed you to ride and, and what were you going to do? Um, but so, no, I think that there was some good, good about it. I think there were some things that people didn't like, but, um, I think it kind of threw that just a little bit of difference into the, the feel. I talked to some people that said, you know, normally they, they, they're wanting everybody to ride and they want everybody to do good. And, and now they kind of had their teams that they rooted for. And then if your team was going against their team, they rooted against you. And so they, they liked that kind of uh, different feel as a spectator side. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, it, it was still bull riding. It was still when you, you know, you're running your hand in, in the rope. And, and trying to get the whistle so um i i thought it was good at the end of the day really when it was all said and done it was better than i had anticipated yep. <laughs> so i guess you know moving forward i think i think it's only going to get better how'd that work for you with the with the sponsorship side of things <laughs> as as one of the guys that, that's got some of the bigger ones on tour um did you guys have to go to them and kind of explain what was happening with the team series and, and just hope that they were still good with it for the individual series in the fact that you couldn't wear the the gear on the team side of things? Was that, uh, I'm sure that was probably a big issue for you guys right off the start of things, but how'd you guys handle that situation? Yeah. I mean, I think that was one of those unknowns that we, that we were most worried about. I mean, everybody um, talks about, you know, new, new set of prize money, all this, uh, new money coming into the sport well um, that's all fine and dandy as long as we're making money and not losing money um, from another mm-hmm. and so you know not only was it something that we had to figure out how to navigate with the sponsors and uh, you know not being able to to promote on television for that last 10 events or um, the team series but also you know you had an they, there was an opportunity that you'd be wearing a, a conflicting sponsorship through whatever the team brought on, on board. Um, and I think that was going to be the, the bigger wrench uh, if that was to happen. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, for, for our team, we were, we were, you know, everything worked out well and, and we had some, some really good uh, people managing the team that, that were aware of, of those sponsors and, and, you know, they didn't want to step on anybody's toes and, um, hopefully that that continues and everybody can be on the same page and you know it's 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 one of those things that makes it hard to navigate especially now that it's it's so new and and we were kind of stuck in our way of of how it was before um but for the most part it, it everything worked out well and we didn't have anybody too pissed off so 
<laughs> nice. Was there uh, was there any battles uh, between say players and coaches? I know that there's some fucking very hard headed and uh, individualized <laughs> guys on both coaching side, GM side, and rider side. Is there anything that you can maybe share with us, or was there any situations yeah. that arose? I, guess, I mean, it seemed like the main topic of the whole team deal was publicized to the whole world on social media and now it's all outlaw whipping i shouldn't say whipping because then he'd probably get frustrated but <laughs> outlaw and j-dub tying into each other but uh <laughs> other than that i mean you know our, our team alone is when you look at our coaches and uh you know we i that's one thing that, that probably made the whole process as good as it was it's just the guys that we were around and and the mentalities that Lostro and, and Cord bring to the table, um, it's it's a little different probably than what Lambert was was talking or or the other guys. But um, so I, I really wouldn't say that we had any of the conflict as as some people might have had. But uh, I want to see some shoot brawls. Like yeah, come on, I get do it. it. People <laughs> yeah. jerseying people. people uh, like, yeah. <laughs> That's that's what I was waiting to happen, especially when at the them openings where they have you guys stand in front of each other. And I was waiting for somebody to to maybe get a little too close and have have guys running a little too hot, especially like a guy like Outlaw, Outlaw. who it doesn't take much to spark that to spark that guy. So that'd <laughs> uh, be good publicity, anyway. Yeah, that's what I was heck thinking. Yeah. yeah. How was the first event? You being outlaw, being on your team. How was the first event when you guys did face off with the the Kansas City Outlaws? Was it was it cleared up, or was there still some animosity out there? <laughs> I, I mean, he says it was cleared up five minutes after it had happened. So, but who knows? If I think it's it's one of those things that I admire about outlaw. Those that's just the kind of person that he is, and and probably same as J Dub. I mean, they they kind of wear. Uh, where their feelings on their sleeve. I remember mm -hmm. one year at the finals, didn't J-Dub get – and who was it that went into that room in the locker Yo. room? Do you remember that? It was Yo. Yeah, we were all standing yeah, there. Yeah, yeah Casey Hayes. Yeah, I mean, at yeah. that point, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you guys are on your own. <laughs> Game on. There's lots of different aspects, I think, to it. And I think, you know, it was well known that the rules were kind of going to change throughout the year to make it fit to, to whatever they needed to be being the inaugural year. But in reality of it, I hope that if you guys can get the right money and it's it's really a way of you guys um, having having you run the show. You know what I'm saying? And that was a couple of guys. They said that they were happy that, you know, when there was anything that came up, you go to your team or you go to your GM, you don't have to go like to the PBR where lots of times it falls on deaf ears. Did you find that with, with just reacting and just having to talk with the team and a GM and you only have to, to deal with that instead of the whole big circle of bull riding? Was that a little bit easier for you guys? Yeah, I think it was. I think, uh, that was something that that made it feel a little bit more like a professional sport i guess you could say is you had your coach to go to 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 worry about the things you had your your gm that um was you know if you had any questions or concerns they were they were dealing with it and at that point it just turned into showing up and, and riding bulls it wasn't you know frustrated with this and this and so you're gonna have to go try to talk to somebody and usually like you said it usually doesn't really get you very far but um I, th I think the idea is right as far as wanting to make it better for guys. I think I think there was quite a few guys that that did benefit from it, especially that were that were hurt. I mean, 
Um, there were guys that, that were collecting a check every week that never got on a bull. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not that anybody's trying to, you know, give anything away for free, but at the same time, I mean, we can't complain about, you know, not having any money because we're hurt, but then when, when the opportunity's there and, you know, go the other way on it and complain about it. So I think, you know, the idea was right. And and if it keeps growing the way it is, um, it's only going to get better for, for the riders. Fucking A. What do you think? Is there one thing that stands out for you that needs to change? Or is there anything that you guys are talking about in the locker room that, that they need to do better? Probably. Well, I wouldn't, I mean, there needs to be a, a, a union and that's probably, I wouldn't say that's being talked about, but it's just, I think it's, it's been said plenty of years and, um, you know, that, that would be the, the thing to, to separate probably where we were and to where we want to get, um, just so everybody kind of has, uh, you know, make it a little bit more of a two way street, but. Yeah, I hundred percent agree, and we've it's been talked about for years with the whole the unionization of things, and just to have your your voice heard. But like I say, I think it's a good way to it's a good push forward in the fact that you guys now have have a voice in a sense, and you have a team and and uh, a coach that's that's got your back, and hopefully they can make things better. But Lostro himself, absolute legend from that Colorado oh, area. How much is he helping you out? That guy's fucking nose bull riding better than anybody as well, too, right? Yeah, it's just it was it was great to be able to sit down with somebody and just pick their brain about you know the way he went about bull riding, especially his his mental side. I mean, when he talks about what he did differently that year he won the world, is 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 pretty mind blowing, really. I mean, it's just amazing what you can trick your brain into to thinking and doing, and all of a sudden things just start working. And uh, and so to have somebody like that to not be way up here telling you, you just need to try harder and this and, 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 uh, and make you feel like a pussy is about, you know? (laughs) And so it's, it was good to have somebody that just knew what it takes and, and probably knew the group of guys that he was around. I mean, most of us, you know, that's not really where we are as far as I think when we're at our best is kind of that's that level head. Uh, nobody gets really too, too, high, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, that mentality that Lostro brought to the table in his world champion year was, was something that I think we all tried to tap into and, and learn from. And, uh, so I, you know, that's just another thing that I think, at least for myself, that really benefited with the team deal and, and, and trying to learn how to tap into that, you know, winning, winning mentality and, and that mental edge that, uh, everybody always talks about and and being able to do it consistently hell yeah yeah absolute legend and it's cool that they got you know lots of those the different guys like that like lostro that maybe isn't wasn't always around the the pbr right as with the you know jada with the bulls and mcbride and brought in some of the the old wily vets that we haven't seen from a long time it's pretty cool because like you say his mindset and tapping into where he where he had to go to win that world title. Hopefully you guys can can take some off of that. Mindsets themselves. The one guy on your team, Chase Outlaw, what's it like with him having your back on the team? Does he get everybody fired up in that locker room? He's got to be a in hockey, you call it the locker room guy, right? You, you know, and, and uh, lots of times those are 
then maybe they're not scoring the big goals, even though Outlaw is still riding the rankest bulls and helping you out that way. But having somebody in your team that gets everybody fired up and everybody on, on the right page, that mindset, is that, is that a big help for you guys? I think it's just, it comes back to that mentality thing. I mean, you get fired up because you've got Chase Outlaw who's sitting there who he knows what his job is. He knows what he's, he's there to do. And, and uh, he just kind of instills that fire right back to the whole team. And um, I think it, it builds everybody up and, and outlaw knows too. I think, you know, something that he, he probably found is that not everybody needs to be running quite as high as he is, but so he, you know, he's not going to be sitting there knocking the air out of you on the back of the bucket. sheets trying to get you pumped up. He knows kind of what to say and and uh you know to everybody is a little bit different but um you know i it was pretty cool to see the guys kind of start finding their rhythm especially as as the season went on and and you could just kind of tell everybody was starting to tap in at the same time and um you know it, it definitely showed towards the end of the year but yeah, and different different guys have different routines, right? Like you say, you would have a different pregame ritual than Outlaw would have. Yeah. And there's eight different guys on the team that get ready differently. And I think was Losto pretty good at that, at just understanding that different guys have different ways of going about it. Or I'm sure there were some teams that were, were like, we're doing this an hour before, we're doing this a half an hour before. It might fuck guys up a little bit on, on their pregame routines because it has been such an individual sport. And then you talk about buying into the different systems. Was there any of that stuff going on or were you guys pretty free range? Just stay on the bull. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's why I really enjoyed the team that I was on so much is just because that was our mentality there. You know, they knew that we were all there for a reason and, and, you know, they picked us based on um, what we have done. And so they weren't really there trying to change the wheel, which I think, I really appreciate it. And I, we dang sure weren't saying that they just kind of went willy nilly and whatever happened, happened. I mean, we were there for a reason and, and if things didn't go the way we wanted to, we were damn sure good about, um, you know, talking about it, sitting down and, and trying to learn from it. But, uh, like, like you said, the pregame game rituals is something that everybody kind of finds in themselves what works and what doesn't. Some guys stretch out, some guys don't, do a whole lot so some guys got to listen to loud music some guys sit there and listen to country i mean it's it's something that is going to be different for everyone so i don't really see and there were teams that that did do that i mean they had their hour warm-up before and everybody was doing the same thing and um sure it may have helped some and it could have hindered others i don't know but um the way that we went about it i i definitely liked it was it was a, a team sport and everybody knew what the job was to be had. And, but at the end of the day, you know, they kind of allowed us to get ready the way that, that we normally would. So. Yeah. Love it. So, so team series or uh global cup, what, what do you like for? What'd you like? for? <laughs> and it, global cup is just something that you can't really put into words, especially just the whole, it's a whole different mentality when you're riding for, for the, you know, your country. I mean, when we went up there to Canada that, that first year, that was unbelievable. I mean, that was something that I'll remember forever. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, way to put me on the spot. There, <laughs> I love it. No, I agree. <laughs> it's like you're, it'd be like hockey. I think in the sense of like, 
whether you're playing every day in the NHL or when you go to the Olympics and you're representing your country, right? It's just like yeah. both teams stuff, but that country stuff always adds a little bit extra to it. But another rapid fire one, T-Mobile or uh, Thomas and Mac. You're one of the OGs that's still around. That was oh, a Tom, Thomas and Mac or uh, a bull rider for a while there. So yeah. what, do you, what do you, what do you like better? Man, I, I was only in Thomas Mac for one year, but uh I, like I said, you always go back to the nostalgia of everything. And, and I think that's what rodeo and, and bull riders like to do. And just the amount of the stories and the, the history in the Thomas and Mac is, is uh, by far what everybody li- lives for. But uh, at the same time, it, it's, it's pretty wild when that T-Mobile is sold <laughs> out and you go strap one for 92 points and watch that thing come unglued. It's, it's pretty cool, man. That's for sure. Yeah, that's epic. So speaking of those, like the 92s, right? You got some of the, the rides that stick out for me that you've made. Um, Bruiser, obviously. Cochise. You snap Cochise when, when nobody was snapping that thing, right? That big yellow whale. And <laughs> that for was both amazing. from the, that was the, the Northwest Red something yeah, right there. <laughs> exactly. Canadian Mist, another one. Uh, the big red biker, Bob, I think they called him. You rode, rode him a couple of times, but um is there one that stands out as like your coolest one maybe in a just a, a moment that you rode one that was a cool moment for you where you overcame some mental stuff or what stands out for you right now is one of the cooler moments of, of riding on some of those rank bulls uh probably one of the bulls that really stands out especially for the ride would be smooth wreck uh, when i rode him at the finals in 2018 yeah. coming back that championship sunday i mean kind of knew he he, he had a lot in the tank to offer, but didn't really realize that it would, uh, amount to that. I think I was 92 or 90 something on him, but I mean, it was, it was one that I look back to and just see, you know, he had me bucked off three times before the whistle blew. And, uh, it was one that really stood out to me just, just with the amount of effort that was put into it. And, and none of it was always got him type of thing. And, uh, set me up to be able to, to, to get on coach East in the short round and, and cap off probably the best finals I've had in my career so far. Yeah. Epic one. So, <laughs> um, one thing for me, like getting to getting on the, on the tour of, it was like a light bulb moment. And, um, when, when you're like, realize, Hey, this is a different league and, and I'm going to have to step up to the plate in a sense. I remember the first bowl out, the first event I was at stormy road one for like, I don't know, 87 or 88. And it was like the best ride I ever seen in my life. And it was the first ride out in the long round. And I was like, holy fuck, boys, no excuses <laughs> anymore. We have to step up. This is play. what we're doing. Yeah, we're in the big leagues now and it just elevates <laughs> your elevates your game, right? Is there a moment for you where that kind of happened or, or something that you've seen? I know it like for me with you, it was always like your 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 toughness, like your sneaky tough guy, like Cody Teal, like I'd be complaining about a bruise on my leg or something, getting it iced down, and you'd be in the corner with fucking two torn ACLs or something, and not even <laughs> complaining and still riding, right? But is there is there those moments that that stand out to you of of just we're in the big leagues now and and that game going to the next level? Yeah, I remember. I don't remember what event we were at. It maybe it was in uh, Phoenix or one of those events. My first year on tour and. I'm sitting in the in the sports med about the same way you're talking, icing something down, complaining about this or that. And uh, JB was, I think he was, he did did well in the first round, so he was last in the second round. And rides his bull, steps off, 
in JB fashion gets wrecked out and bull steps on his ankle. And I think he, had, he probably broke his ankle, but yeah. he's getting packed back to the sports med room. And he was the last rider for the second round. So he was coming back, leading the, leading the event. And you know how that, you know, they, the turn back for the picking your bulls pretty quick, but, um, he comes back to the sports med room. I'm sitting in there and you can tell his ankle swelled up already and, and probably broke and they're getting ready to tape it. And they asked him if he wanted, wanted a short round bull. And he says, hell yes. And so Reese Cates is in there and asked him, you know, what do you want me to pick for you? And he just says the buckingest son of a bitch in there. <laughs> and I'm sitting there icing a freaking who knows what, yeah. He's got a broken ankle, winning the event, and says, pick me the rankest son of a bitch in there. And sure enough, he goes, Reese picks him long, John. Yeah. <laughs> he comes out, snaps him for 93 points, wins the whole thing. And that, in my mind, is when I knew that there is another level of toughness that it takes to be at that caliber. And, yeah, uh, yeah that's that was pretty standout moment for me that made me remember – this is not a sport for sissies. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the worst one for you? I know you've done some lungs and broke up lots and lots of stuff, but is uh <laughs> what's the worst one you feel like that maybe hindered you the most or took you out for the longest? Uh man, in my professional career, probably that ACL is what's uh something that I still deal with every day. Um never got a fix, so something that I've always got to be mindful of throughout the week to make sure that my, my knee is, is strong enough to hold it together. And, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> well, you know, looking back, like I said, I mean, that's just kind of what it takes to, to make it in this league or in this level of bull riding. And, um, you're definitely not going to leave this sport as, as well as you walked into it. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, knowing that and, and having that in the back of my mind, I mean, you know, I, at the end of the day, we've, we've had some pretty bad injuries, but not, not that bad compared to what other people have, have gone through and, and what people fight, fight through still to this day. But, uh, yeah, no, I've been pretty fortunate for the most part. How's it been for you with, uh, on the, that side of things where you talk about guys and injury and, you know, the ultimate, right. We've, we've lost buddies <laughs> doing this sport and for you, um, well, I'll go back to myself. It's the only thing I know how to reference. But, you know, like when you got your guys in the locker room when you first get in there and then to like five years later and it's like it's a whole bunch of new guys and you're kind of the only guy, it's a little bit different. It's a different vibe than you're used to that was kind of the cool nostalgic of first getting there. Um, for you, been been on tour for so long now, um, do you just try to zone in on yourself and, and just completely focus on yourself and not worry about the outside um, world and, and like having your buddies there and stuff because the effects of, of losing your buddies may slow and pause and, and the guys that we, we rolled with that lose them to the ultimate. And then as well, on top of that too, just like your buddies that, that like JB and stormy and, and all those guys that you shared a locker room with, they're not there anymore. So how do you kind of, how do you do that mentally and how do you keep, keep trucking along? I think that is one of those things that you don't really think about until it does until it happens you know like you said uh when you've been around it long enough and you're still in the sport and you know you see the the new people come in and kind of the old guys shift out uh and you're sitting there trying to find find your place again and and so for me i usually just try to i always got my routine probably 30 40 minutes before the bull ride and um just go get stretched out go get try to get my mind right and and 
you know, get, get focused in for the task at hand. And, and for me, I mean, I've always been kind of like you and, you know, the guy that wants to sit around and bullshit in the locker room and, and tell jokes. And, uh, I try to find them young guys that don't take it too seriously anymore. And, uh, and still like to have a little fun, but that's, that's usually what works best for me is if I, if I can get probably 10 or 20 minutes to myself before and, and just kind of flip that switch and, and remind myself why we're there that day. And, um, not just, not just kind of go in and, and on cruise control, you know, um, I feel like that's one of those things that can get a little bit repetitive in, in, in the sport, especially at the PBR. I mean, things, things look pretty similar over the, over time and, uh, just kind of finding that, that little switch and that little fire to light right before and, and getting the zone. Getting her fired up. So who do you, uh, are you, are you rooming with anybody or are you by yourself these days? I know you and Lockwood were always kind of together and he's been off and on tour and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you got, are you rooming with anybody or just you? Yeah. Uh, like I said, Lockwood, anytime he's around, we'll usually room up or Teal. He was another, another guy that I, we usually shared a room with, but, uh, yeah, no, I just kind of find my way along, I guess. Um, <laughs> Sometimes somebody wants to room with me, I guess. Maybe I'm getting cranky in my old age and nobody <laughs> wants to room with me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing probably not. <laughs> so the snowmobile inside of things, man, if you go on your oh, Instagram, God. that's your, that's your go-to. What did I, I called it skidooing one time and you got really up about her. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But uh, what is, what's going on there? Is that just your getaway? You're always up in the mountains and, and you're, you're, you're sledding and loving it and always posting about that. So uh, is that just kind of a, a mental break from you? Is it something you've done since you were young or what's the, what's that? That's your, that's your pastime go-to. Yeah. I mean, that's just something growing up. That's what we always did is go ride snowmobiles as a family. And so, you know, fast forward now it, for me, it's just a great way to, to get out of, out of my own head and, and go enjoy, enjoy the back country. And, uh, it's a hell of a workout. I will say that I don't find myself having to work out too hard after that, digging one of them big, heavy things out of the <laughs> snow. But, um, no, for me, it's just something I've, I've always enjoyed. I, I just enjoy not looking at my phone, not having to worry about somebody calling me. And, and, uh, for me, it, it's a great reset. I mean, I could have a, a great weekend before and that just gets me out not really think about nothing or I can have a terrible weekend and, and go jump on the sled and just kind of hit the reset button and, and, uh, relax a little bit at the same time, feel, feel pretty good about it as far as physically, you know, I feel, feel a little better when I can go ride my sled for a couple, I don't know, two, two or three times a week's usually pretty excessive amount, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's something I enjoy. It's way too expensive of, of a habit. I know that, but it's fun. Yeah, enjoy it now before your kid gets bigger. You won't be you won't be leaving the house much after that. Yeah, I'm gonna put her in the front pack and we'll just go in the mountains. <laughs> I see my wife just loving that. Yeah, that's shit. Lots of that stuff stops there in a little bit. <laughs> the Highland cows too. What about them? You got a fucking herd of Highlands oh. around there, or is that just a little hobby farm? That would be something my wife wanted one, and now yeah. we've got seven or whatever it is. And <laughs> they're funny little things man gosh they are something else but uh, it's fun you know like i said it's just something to have around the house and and something to do and another hobby that costs way too much but <laughs> oh, yeah. when you got 1.6 in earnings you can do shit like that 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that's good, buddy. Yeah, we're gonna get to to wrapping up. We lost our the rest of our crew here. They boys had to jump, but it's been fun chatting with you, man. Just good catching up and and to get your mindset right. Like I say, you're kind of a you're kind of a low key guy that that has been one of the best that we've ever had within the sport. And and like I say, you're only 26 years old, so it's gonna be pretty cool to to keep following along and then also to uh to follow along with the team series, but. For your, for you now, the guy that's you know that's that's had those world title runs and and now with the team series moving in, we talked about the rodeo side of things. What's next? What's Derek Kolbaba's goal list? What the hell are you gonna get up to uh, in the future? And what's the what do you want to check off your list before you have to hang things up? Man, I just uh, one thing I always seem to touch back on, and even with these new podcasts nowadays, is is just getting to learn every day. I mean. I was listening to the the podcast you and you guys had uh, Cody Snyder on, and I just, you know, listening to the mentality that he had and what it took for him to get to the level that, that he achieved, um, you know, for me, that's just learning every day and, and working for it every day. Um, you know, my goal when I was 12 years old was to be a world champion bull rider, and to this day it's still the same. Um, and And as a lot of the greats said, I mean, it takes – everything you've got and that's what you've got to live sleep breathe bull riding and and uh that's that's all i want to do at the moment and so that's what we're going to keep working for and hell i and they made the 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 finals at what 43 or 45 (laughs) or whatever it was maybe i can make it that long (laughs) (laughs) oh shit yeah probably not but probably not but maybe no (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, we uh, our long-running uh, question on the NFP podcast is we have our take on what NFP means, but what does NFP mean to Derek Colbaba? I should have thought about this when you stood me up last night. <laughs> I had a lot more time to think about it. <laughs> and I just say uh, showing up every day and, and giving it everything that you've got. Even when you probably don't feel like giving everything you've got and you you know you're tired or uh, you maybe not be feeling it that day, it's it's the one who's able to bring bring it every time, every time they nod their head or just every time they get out of bed, bringing in with everything they've got. Bam, love it, love it, buddy. I do got to thank you. I never really did get to thank you, but the uh, the bull milky chance. I think you you made that sale for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm still looking for the old residual there, but I haven't got it yet. <laughs> Couple times you made a trying to have solid. a good time in Calgary, and you just wipe my ass out like first pull out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. Well, with that, man, we could chat for hours on this stuff, but I do, uh, I do love getting your opinion and on the team stuff. I think lots of people want to know, kind of from behind the scenes, what that's looking like. You get, you get everybody's opinions from say the the company themselves or, or what gets pushed out on social media but we all know how it kind of goes in the locker room right so it's cool to hear and hopefully that, that that keeps moving forward and you guys can keep making a bunch of money and like i say 26 years old hopefully you can get that world title and, and keep going how long you say 43 but is there a, there is there <laughs> anything that you kind of kind of doing now to 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 like plan for 
the future or or something that you might like maybe media broadcasting stuff like that you got the face for it fuck you're the golden child what uh <laughs> what do you uh is there anything or is it all bull riding right now not worried about that until the time comes or, or are you one of those guys that's kind of planning for the future as well man i mean like i always like to think that i'd have some magic plan setting aside here that when I'm done, I'm just going to transition into this new, whatever it may be. But yeah, no, I, I've yet to find what that's going to be. I mean, I, the broadcasting thing has always appealed to me. I thought it was, you know, really cool. How like McBride, I mean, I think just listening to him talk and the way that he's able to portray our sport to people that have never even seen bull riding before is, is pretty special, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess how much money does a guy have to have to be able to retire? I don't know. <laughs> the more, the better. Yeah. Uh, one question that I had from a couple of Snapchat guys when when I asked that I told them I was having you on there is, uh, you know, the Lockie Richardson came on and he had the the little like the the whatever the hair is called where it goes in front of your face. And they, <laughs> oh and they yeah. Were, remember they were calling him the Justin Bieber, and then here comes Kobaba. And he takes the Justin Bieber, the, <laughs> takes the title for the while there. Now, though, now we got little young uh, Connor Halverson, it looks like. And he's kind of taking over the the hair, oh, and yeah. the, the take your helmet off style. So is there ever a chance we're going to see the the hairstyle go away? You go right down to right down to the scalp or shorten it up? Or, or and I got that? pretty short the other day. This thing's <laughs> it is looking yeah. pretty short, but I don't know, man. It's, it's like you said, it's funny what people pick, you know, to kind of push and i hell i don't know a lot of people seem to enjoy my hair so i just kept growing it but i still have yet to get that pantene sponsorship but maybe one of these days it'll pan out for me you keep staying on you keep staying on one day you might get that i get head and shoulders or something yeah we'll see perfect okay buddy well we appreciate you taking the time and uh coming on here and, and sharing some of that mindset sort of stuff and and some cool stories people People are going to uh, really enjoy this. And like I say, everybody here at the NFP podcast will be cheering you on and hoping for the best and uh, in your corner. So thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks, buddy. I damn sure loved all all of these podcasts you've been putting out. So keep it up. Awesome. This has been our interview with Derek.